Good evening, family. My name is David. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Covenant Church. It's great to be with you tonight. Uh, it's our baptism Wednesday service. So we are excited to celebrate baptisms, to celebrate what God is doing in our family. Uh, before we get started, Pastor Brett, I want to thank you for your leadership. There are not many pastors who would open the way that you opened to both speak to those who won and those who lost in an election because most pastors wouldn't build in a way that that's possible. And it requires an immense... Uh, yes, you, it requires immense courage, courage to build this way and to, to lead a people who come from both sides of the proverbial aisle and not only did he acknowledge that and do so grace, graciously, but he doesn't, he doesn't leave it there. But Pastor Brett, you, are, you have again the courage to expose fear for what it is. Where it'd be easier just to get people excited about looking vertically. You require us to look inwardly and respond in faith. So thank you for that, Pastor Brett. Last week, Pastor Jim spoke on the relationship between the liberty of the believer and obedience to God. To over, oversimplify his message, I'll summarize by saying that God may, allow, may call me to abstain from something that he's not calling somebody else to abstain from. And he may call someone else to walk away from something that he is not calling me to walk away from. And I can't take what God is using to sanctify and to discipline me and, and impose that on someone else because they are responsible for their response to the Holy Spirit and I'm responsible for my response to the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is in no way an excuse to sin. All of our liberty in Jesus Christ is subject to the lordship and the sovereignty of a holy God. And so it's not that Jesus has died and risen from the dead and we can do whatever it is that we want to do, however it is that we want to do it, but there's liberty to do right. There's liberty to live well. <clears throat> there's liberty to set the captive free. There's liberty to feed the poor. There's liberty and freedom to obey God now that we've been set free from the chains of sin and the chains of death. As I walk with him, he's going to do unique things in me to sanctify me. And he's going to do unique things in you to sanctify you for the work that he's preparing me for and the work that he's preparing you for. As I respond in faith to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you are also to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. As we learn to do this, it's going to produce kind of an awkward moment where we're learning the difference between our, our freedom and obedience and where does God allow me to go and what can I do and what can I not do. And it's going to result in, in some missteps and mistakes wherein we invite the discipline of God into our lives. And so tonight I'm talking about the discipline of God. It's that awkward process. God bringing it in and honing it and getting us on the, keeping us on the right track towards righteousness. My son, who's six, is, is in the process of deciding what is right and what is wrong. He's starting to feel like a man at six. And he's starting to realize that he can be funny. And he's starting to think that certain kinds of things are funny. And he's starting to, to feel something about himself. And he can feel himself getting stronger. And he's starting to walk in this strength. And it's such a blast to watch him kind of experiment and try things that, that he, he can't do yet. But he's going to try his hardest to get it done. 
You know, climbing a tree that's too big for him. Yes, liberty allows for you. Go ahead and climb that tree. I'm right here for you. I got you. Oh, but we don't tell that kind of joke. We don't joke about that kind of thing. You don't use your strength to take things from your sisters. You don't use your strength this way. And when he missteps and when he steps out of line in his liberty, I discipline him. And that discipline is unpleasant. It's unpleasant to him. And because I'm not as righteous as God is, it's unpleasant to me as well. I just want to let you know tonight that not all the pain and all the unpleasantness that you experience in your life is actually the devil. Some of that is the discipline of Almighty God to sanctify and to cleanse you for his purpose to pull out the junk of your life and replace it with righteousness and holiness and purity. This process is called sanctification. I say that I'm not holy. And if you know me, you're like, yeah, no, no doubt. One of the ways that I, one of the moments that was uh, taught to me in a discipline moment was with one of my children. They were acting up. They were out of the crib at this point and they were in their first, uh, their first uh, twin size bed and kept getting out, kept getting out, kept getting out, kept putting them back in, putting them back in, putting them back in. It was like, don't get out again or daddy's gonna have to give you a spanking. Got back out of bed, put my child back in the bed. I'm using child to be ambiguous so you can't guess which one it is. (laughs) So I put my child back in the bed and the kid came out again. And I was like, I was so tired. It was late. All I wanted to go to bed it's all I wanted was to go to sleep. I wanted to be left alone. So I put my child back in the bed. And my kid went bananas. Started screaming, crying, kicking the walls, throwing sheets. I'm like, what is happening in there? So I come in, I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and, and my kid goes, you said you were going to spank me and you didn't. And I was like, this is confusing. (laughs) I have never in my life asked for a spanking and meant it. I use that to lie. And the cover of lie, go ahead and spank me if you think I did it. (sighs) (laughs) But my child was confused because because I said I was going to do something and I didn't do it. And my child didn't feel safe as a result of that. God used that moment to say, hey, David, your idea of discipline is not like my idea of discipline. To you, it's an inconvenience because it requires work. To me, it's a lifeline for you to have life. It costs him nothing to discipline us. It only brings him joy when he sees us respond well to his discipline. And he's he's not unrighteous. He's not going to not discipline us because he's tired. He's not going to withhold discipline because he wants some alone time or he wants to finish his show in quiet because he had a bad day at work because he's frustrated with something else because he got a, a water bill that was higher than he expected. But he's going to discipline us perfectly because he loves us. Discipline is unpleasant, but God loves you so much that he will use everything at his disposal, including pain and discomfort, to discipline you and cleanse you from unrighteousness. We're going to look in Hebrews chapter 12, 
this evening very quickly. We're going to look at verses 5 through 13. Hebrews 12, verse 5. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. He's saying this is a good thing. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us a short time as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment of all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight the paths of your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us to learn tonight the great things that you intend for us in discipline according to your good purpose. Amen. I want to highlight a couple of quick things that you may miss when you read through Scripture. We see that the the main idea here is that God is, if our natural fathers will discipline us well, God is going to discipline us even better. But anytime we read a passage of Scripture, uh, it's easy to miss a lot of the other instruction that's in a passage of Scripture that God intends for us to have. It's kind of like we we, we just kind of go through it like the iTunes uh, subscriber agreement. Like, who's ever read that, right? You're just, if, if you scroll down at all, it's just because you're annoyed and you don't read it. You just want the, the accept light to turn the right color so you can actually click it. But we, sometimes we read the Bible this way and we just kind of read through until we get the thing that we want and then we, and then we jump out. But God is instructing us all throughout this passage and we won't get it if we don't take the time to meditate on it and we don't take time to read it every day. So here are a couple of the things we, we might have missed in the terms of agreement. He says, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? Paul is starting with the assumption that they have once heard and understood the exhortation to begin with. Again, a great reason for every single one of us to be in the word. So that Pastor Brett can have somewhere to start from. So he's not telling us all of this information for the first time, but he's reminding us of the exhortation that we already know about. The exhortation that's so significant, so important, so enduring, so everlasting that God has put it in his word. He's He's put it in writing for us so that we can approach the written heart and mind of God. He's preserved it throughout the generations so that we can so that we can consume it, so that we can can know and approach the exhortation that's going to instruct us so Sunday morning can be a reminder of what we're getting on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday morning. It's quiet tonight. What I like about the way Paul 
structures this is that he started by appealing to the word and then he appeals to their natural experience. Not the other way around. Too much of our lives is built the other way around. We start with our opinion and we start with our feelings and we start with our thoughts and then we look for the word to support and undergird the things that we, that we know to be true by our experience. Paul's saying more important than your own experience, more important than, than whatever experience you did or did not have with your father is what I've already told you in the word. He says that we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. The, the implication here is that the fathers are going to be present. The expectation is that the fathers will be present and intentionally so to lovingly discipline and train up their sons and daughters. We can sing a song about an army rising up, but if we don't welcome the discipline of God, we won't be a well-trained army. We won't be a well-organized army. And the father is a son's first chance to respond to discipline so that he can learn to respond to the voice of God and the discipline of God. Gentlemen, are you doing this well? And the children respect it. So nobody's off the hook. Receiving discipline produced the fruit of respect to the parents. We did a series on the Ten Commandments where we talked at length about what it means to honor your mother and father, and you'd do well to go back and listen to that podcast because it'll help us understand the discipline of God. The third thing that we might pass over is that this phrase, Father of Spirits, where he says, shall, not much more, uh, shall we not much more be subject to the Father of Spirits and live? The Father of Spirits is not used any other times in the New Testament. He's citing numbers when he, when he writes this, where uh, God is first called the Father of Spirits. It's in numbers. And now he's, he's saying it again, and he's doing it in order to make a contrast between our earthly Father and our heavenly Father, one with a temporary stewardship and one with eternal sovereignty. Albert Barnes, a, a theologian in the 1700s, said it this way. He said, The earthly Father is apparent to man as a mortal, God is the father of man as immortal. And so we need to understand that, that the discipline that God brings into, into our lives, the discipline that we experience at the hand of God and at the will of God and at the pleasure of God is for an eternal benefit, not just even the temporary benefit. But it's remarkable that we do receive both. It's not like, trust me, this is for your good for all eternity, but it's going to be awful for you now. Every discipline that God has brought into my life has borne fruit now, immediately, and in the near future. And for all eternity. 
I simply want to say that we have two choices when it comes to God's, when it comes to responding to the discipline of God. When we're disciplined, and we learn this in verses 12 and 13, we can respond by stooping down and letting our, weak be, our knees become weak, letting the weight of the discipline break our heart and depress us, which is a result of not understanding really the purposes of God. And when we don't understand the purposes of God and we don't have the original exhortation from the word and we don't understand what he's doing, we don't know anything about him or his ways or his people, we might not be able to know the difference between God abandoning us and God loving us really, really well. Because sometimes it feels exactly the same. There have been times in my life where I've been panicked. This hurts so bad, I can't figure out what's going on. And men of God come alongside of me and say, this is God for you. Respond well to this. There are other times that my pain is of my own making. And it's like, this hurts so bad. And they're like, yeah, look what you did. <laughs> I'll believe God with you, but it's going to sting for a minute. Without discernment, without a deposit of the word, we won't know the difference between the two. We'll just think that God has abandoned us. He's left us to take it on our own. Our hands will droop. Our countenance will drop. Our, 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 our face will fall to the ground and we won't see everything that it is that God intends for us to see. The other option is that we make paths the straight of our, uh, straight we make straight the paths for our feet so we won't be put out of joint. But we would rise up and walk with strength and be healed. Spirit of God is moving all the time. If we're not tuned to him, will we'll reject his discipline, which is uncomfortable, and run straight to the comfort of the devil. He disciplines us because he loves us. He disciplines us because he's perfect and he wants to perfect us. I want to pray tonight, and I want to uh, pray one of those prayers that we don't like to pray where we would welcome the discipline of God. That he would reveal to us areas where maybe we've used our liberty to stray outside of his intended boundaries. Where we've taken our liberty and, and we've, we've used it to infuse and inject our own purposes above his, own, above his purposes for us. And I want to invite his discipline because as, he, as we respond in faith by rejecting the thing that he puts his hands on, he'll sanctify us and cleanse us and make us a people who are a city on a hill. We will be the salt of the earth. We will be the salt that our culture needs. We will be the light that our, our culture is hungry for, especially in times like this. 
Father, we welcome you. Not just for the comfortable things, but even as our pastor has so lovingly exposed fear And so many of us, God, we, we recognize, we don't, we don't want to just gloss over that moment. We want to respond to the discipline. We want to respond to your Holy Spirit with faith. God, I ask that you would speak to us this week. Tune our ears to your Spirit Turn off the noise of the culture in this moment. Give us the courage to avail ourselves to you. So that you can use us. In Jesus' name, amen.